Hey boys and girls, Andy Shaver here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. On this episode, Jeff and I, we talk a little bit about what's going on in the world, some of the current events. Uh, we also touch a little bit on the early, 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 early season that uh, North Dakota has for geese. And uh, I think it starts August 15th. We talk a little bit about it. Those guys are crazy. It is way too freaking hot that time of the year. Uh, but we do touch a little bit on it, uh, talk a little bit about dove hunting, and we also tell you what we do during the dog days of summer. We need to thank our sponsor, Dive Bomb Industries. Dive Bomb is the leader, the absolute leader in uh, in waterfowl silhouettes in the game today. We use them every day. They uh, they go with us through some of the worst conditions that, that we hunt in, and they still hold up, still take a beating the next day. The stake system is out of this world, especially if you're having to hunt a field that might be a little bit harder, uh, where normal silhouettes would not go in, dive bomb slides in like butter. They also pack up nice and neat, so you can put five dozen per bag, put a bag over each shoulder, and all of a sudden you're you're carrying ten dozen decoys around. So on those days where you got to walk your stuff out to the field, dive bomb is the way to go. And right now, for listeners of this podcast, Dive Bomb will give you 10% off of your purchase. Go get the freaking decoy spread of your dreams. Go load that card up, get you 20, 30 dozen, save you 10% by using the promo code BIGHONKER. It's all lowercase. Save some money, get a ton of decoys, and you will be killing birds, geese, ducks, cranes. They don't stand a chance. Go get you some Dive Bombs. You will not be... Sorry. Divebombindustries.com. Three, two, one. Boom. Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. I'm Jeff Stanfield. And I am Andy Shaver. We're glad you're listening to us today. We're going to try to follow up last week, or our last podcast with Clay, the coyote, coyote man, Clay Reed, with just a little bit of talk, kind of general, some hunting, general hunting questions, and just life in general, and kind of what's going on in the United States. And before I dig into that, I would like to talk about clay and some of our last guests we had we're going to start touching on having special guests we'll have one just about every week and next week we've got lined up eric guggenheim and for anybody in the waterfowl business eric guggenheim is a rnt pro staffer he's a world-class photographer he is a harvard grad he is just all around really interesting fella he's uh made a couple of custom guitars i think stony larue is that where the last guitar went to yeah the stony what else is going on with Eric that we can just kind of touch base for the people that don't know who Eric is? Well, he's just a, he's just an interesting cat. Very uh, He does not kill rattlesnakes either, so that'll be interesting to talk about. I'm fascinated by that by that argument because if I see a rattlesnake, the bitch is going. So 
He's he's just an interesting guy. Been around the waterfowl industry his entire life. Started hunting up in the Panhandle, and uh, he's just I don't know. He'll be another good guest for sure. He's got a lot to say. And our he, last he's gone all over the all over the world chasing these silly bastards. So it'll be a lot of fun. I'm yeah, looking forward to it. Have a good story to tell. Let's talk about Clay for a minute. Clay Reed. Clay was exactly what I advertised. Rain, Roy D. Mercer? Well, I wouldn't say he was Roy D. Mercer. I think he's a lot funnier than Roy D. Mercer. But I, he's, I do, too. It's that, real that's stories. What, that's what a lot of people were comparing him yeah. to, was Roy D. But he's not an actor. He's himself. Yeah. No, he's there's nothing fake about him. It's 24-7, and we're going to have Clay on again in late June and do another show. And this time we will actually will try to talk about more varmint hunting than just... Took a lot of tangents with, with him, but, I mean, hey, it was organic and real. Them stories were just amazing. The practice wife... I thought you cut that bitch up. <laughs> I listened to when I was uh, I was doing a little bit of editing because uh, Clay liked to hit the table, so I was trying to get a lot of that noise out. And I got to that part, and I just fucking laughed. I laughed out loud whenever I heard it. It was funnier the second time, cause I and I just I listened to it about three or four times before I moved on. But it that tickled me. What was so good about Clay is he's an original. Yeah, and what a story! No about it. He's such a good man. He does so much for so many kids and helps with youth around Archer City and would anywhere. He'd give a shirt off the back to anybody, but but just from such a hard, hard start in life. I mean, be homeless at 13 years old and living behind a Target store. And Crazy. I'm embarrassed to be from Wichita Falls, and we had someone like that. Nobody, you know, went really try. And he did say a lot of people tried to help him. But it's just a sad time in life where you think about someone like that that slips through the cracks where nobody is really making sure he had a warm roof and food. Y'all never hung out together? No. Clay was Clay's scary. He sounds like it. I'm telling you right now, when, he, when I was in high school, and this is honest God truth, and I was going to tell him this the other day, and we got going so far off of it. But if we went you're to talking, a, You're talking into the side of your mouth. Well, you told me one time to talk into it. We're about back on the normal deal. You bitching at me about a microphone. When, when I was well, in high migrated. school. It migrated. When I was in high school, if we went to a party and Clay showed up, we would leave. Really? Scared to death of him. Mm. I mean, I, I'm not kidding. The, guy, the people that knew him were friends with him. Loyal people loved him to death. He's a great friend. He's a great friend of mine now. He's a good guy. But when I was in high school, we are scared to death of him. He's a year older than me, but God dang, if he was at a party, we'd leave. Just thought he was unstable? Uh, that's a good word for it. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, we met there talking to him the other day. Yeah. And the thing is, is you can't hurt him. No. I mean, his hands are like grabbing a pair of rawhide gloves that are about 10 sizes too big. Yeah. He's huge. And his hands and stuff, you just you know, you had to take a two-by-four and knock him out. Or a boot. Yeah, well, his wife, she only did. I'm assuming she had him in a vulnerable position because he said he woke up naked. Yeah. Um. Clay seems like the type of guy now that, like you said, would he'd give you the shirt off of his back. Oh, he's a great guy, but I was in high school. We like were, he, he seems like he, if you're in his good graces, he's loyal to the bitter end. Oh yeah, no like, doubt. He would never stop fighting for you. No. God, you imagine to fight him? God Almighty. Well, I, I just mean like he would do. He would go to the lengths of the earth to make sure you had whatever you whatever you needed. Now. Not not in a physical altercation, but like he would, he'd be in your corner. Oh till yeah, the, till the end. Now, if, I'd be afraid to if I got in a squabble with him and shoot him. You just piss him off. <laughs> but yeah, he is a good guy, and what a story! And he's a hell of a varmint hunter. 
Sounds and like it. Very, very well liked. I mean, I think – I don't know anybody that doesn't like him. I'm sure there's some guys had their ass whooped by him that don't like him, but everybody I know seems to like him. He's good. He's – God dang, he's funny. I mean, and what people don't realize is after the podcast, we talk for an hour about stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we quit rolling, and then that's when the stories really got interesting. Anyways, he's a good guy. And, and, and if he was out here for 30 minutes before the podcast. Yeah, he's So a, there was an hour and a half of stuff that, that didn't get recorded that that we got. Him and Mitch done some, and, and, and Marvin have done some guided varmint hunts for us. We've sold some varmint hunts, and I've had him do them before. And he's a, he's a neat guy. I just he And I, I can understand him not wanting to guide, but, boy, yeah. he would be a good guy to have on a varmint hunt. If I was someone out there and you got a lot of money and you want to have a good experience, Call him up and offer him a lot of money to take you varmint hunting for a day, and if he would, it'd sure be worth your money. Even if you don't see anything, you're going to get more stories to take back home than, than you'll know what to do with. And his best stories are the ones we couldn't put on air. Yeah. Now, I'm going to talk about some of our other guests we've had. We've had Wyman Menzer. Now, that's an interesting man right there. Mm-hmm. And people that haven't listened to, if this is your first podcast to listen to, because we, we pick up new, new people every day, and you go back and listen to special guest ones, but Wyman is a Texas photographer of the year, and a, I don't know if I'd call him eclectic man is what you would call him, or... He's the, he's the only official state photographer for the state of Texas. George W. gave him that, that moniker. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Was taken in by the Roadrunners. I saw some roadrunners two days ago somewhere running down the road a pair, and I thought about him, you know. I was sitting in my garage yesterday when it was 115 in there because we're closing it in to be a master master bedroom. And I was kind of catching my breath, and I'm sitting down, and a roadrunner walks across my yard. And I'm thinking, son of a bitch, you just do an interview with Wyman, and the roadrunners just come flocking to you. Well, he- he, he was an interesting guy and has been all over the place in the United or all over Texas and has got to go on land that no one else ever gets to step foot on, and definitely born way before his time. But what a treasured person! And if you get a chance, look up his books. The photography is absolutely amazing. Very gifted man. Yep. And then we had our Eric Lewis on here with Pork Choppers Aviation. He's coming back on. Yes, he'll be back on another. Great, just tons of stories and experiences. It's what's amazing is the people that have a tale to tell. You know, you live your life, and a lot of people live their life, and they wake up and they go to work, and they come home, and they eat supper, and they drink a beer or two, or have a drink, or they sit in their garden, or whatever they do, and they go to bed the next night and they wake up and do the same thing every day. And to yep. me, that just and that's the way it is for a lot of people. And to me, that's just not living. For I'd I'd venture to say I saw a statistic. The other day, and I'm trying to remember the exact numbers, but um, I think 97 per, 97% of the people in this world are doing something that they do not want to do, I just, which means there's only 3% of people out there that wake up every morning and are doing exactly what they want to do. So we are very fortunate. Yep. And, you know, there's, there's days that I've, had, I've been offered some really good jobs over the last 20 years, some really great sales jobs with companies. And I had a job offer one time to be a, I don't even know what you would call it. I was just going to entertain their clients, take people golfing, take people fishing, take people hunting. And it was out of Las Vegas, Nevada. And they would let me, they would let me live in Knox City and fly back and forth. And that's all I was going to do was be an entertaining guy. And I, I didn't want to be a babysitter. Yeah. 
I mean, this is a this is a great life. It ain't always financially the best thing to do, and there is damn sure some stress that goes with it. But we are so fortunate to get to do something we enjoy. Well, and we see those guys. We see those guys out here that are basically babysitting. Like when the, when the oil field was really booming, and we were, you know, that was that was the majority of our books were oil field guys, and they always had that handler, and that just did not seem like a fun gig because. You know, you got to make sure that Jim Bob has his special brand of gin out here. And, and you know, you got to make sure Rick has his special, you know, Rick likes Natty Light. So you got to make sure that's stocked up. And then they just get rowdy and rambunctious. And basically, you just got to settle the bill at the end for all the shit that they tore up. Well, that brings me to a story. And now. and you got to be the sober one. Because you got to wrangle, wrangle all these drunks around. I couldn't imagine doing it in Vegas. Oh, man. It's bad enough out here at the Big Honker. Could you imagine the shit that they'd get in in Vegas? Mm. So he, he, here's my story. I just made, opened up a, a, a memory in my mind here. We had a group. I had a I had an oil field company, an oil company, oil field company come and hunt with us. And they come up here, and they had a head guy, and he would bring 20 people up here, and they would do dove hunts. They would do waterfowl, do all kinds of different hunts. Well, about 4 o'clock in the morning, I get a phone call one morning, and it's from Tony. It's like, hey, we got a problem out here at the lodge. I go, what is it? He goes, one of, the, one of those guys that's with that, that oil field or with the oil company, he said he's really, really drunk, and he's trying to fight all the guys in the group. Now, this is a private group. They're the only people here. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I'm on my way. He said, I'm calling the cops. I go, what do you mean you're calling the cops? He goes, this guy's nuts. He said he's got a couple of rifles in his room and shit and he's belligerent and he said i just i'm just gonna call an officer so tony called a local officer he knows have him come up this way and he starts heading this way so as i get out here to go the guy's gone already he'd already left and he took off and he was, but this this kid was a his dad was president of a big oil company and they did business with this other company and his kid got up here and got drunk and tried to fight all the all the other guests mm. And the guy that was the head, the head guy in charge, huh? It's his boss's son, right? You know, put him in a bad position. Yeah. But that's that babysitting crap you go with. And here's a company. He told me that they did like two hundred million dollars. The kid did? No, 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 no. That the the company did two hundred million dollars business with the guy oh, who the kid kid was right. trying to to fight. Your dad's <laughs> best client, and you're and, and you're you go get to. drunk and you try to start a fight with him. And threatened to shoot him with your AR and all this other bullshit or whatever you were going to do. It was just a bad, bad deal. And the guy that owned the oil company, and I'm not going to mention any names, he called me mm-hmm. that morning right about 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning and apologized to me for his son. Huh? And he didn't threaten me. It wasn't didn't, right. no skin off my teeth. It was a corporate deal. They paid a corporate deal amount of money, whether how many people showed up. They sure, paid. he was just embarrassed. He was so embarrassed. He told me, he said, I'm absolutely embarrassed. But that little shit cost me because they've never been back here since then. Oh, fucker. What's bad is, you know, this, this dad probably worked his whole life. And, you know, and then he raised a couple peckerheads. It's what happens. Second, third generation, it's over. Reese is going to screw this all up. <laughs> well, he it was a... It was just a bad, bad, bad deal, but that's kind of the things that we deal with. That's some of the things that we deal with behind the scenes that people don't realize. Everybody thinks on the hunting business you show up and you get ready to go hunt the next day. They don't They don't know what goes into doing hunts and all the other, having a lodge and all the stuff that goes goes with that. Yeah. A lot of yard work. 
yeah, there's a lot of yard work that go with it <laughs> and doing things and making things work right. But anyway, that, that anyways that rekindled my story thinking about that guy acting like an ass. What's cr- What's crazy is going back to the stories that we're getting is that it's all local guys. Like we have not had to go out. Eric Lewis, twenty minutes away. Wyman Menzer, twelve minutes away. Guggenheim has a place in Haskell. Just the just this little area is has has so much to offer in the in the wildlife and outdoor industry. That's what's fascinating to me. Is we have not had to travel, you know. You would think be, having this many podcasts with with these guests that are that have so many stories, you'd have to you know, travel the lengths of the earth to find them, but they're all right here in our backyard. Yeah, and I'm going to get a couple other guys on. I want to get Jim Kern on here. Jim, for anybody that knows, and I've talked to him, and he, he said he'd love to do it, is a former Texas Ranger baseball player. One of the best relievers that ever played, but it was before relievers were really respected and paid the way they should be. Jim had one year that he, they say he's one of like the top ten greatest pitching seasons ever. He had 35 saves, and they counted saves different than they do today. I think his ERA was under two. His hits to walks ratio was real low. Strikeouts per inning was real high. But anyways, Jim, I've known – I've been doing in business with Jim basically off and on for 25 years. He owns Emu Outfitting. They do a lot of Amazon fishing trips. But anyways, Jim's a good story, and he'll be an interesting cat because he's got so many baseball stories and hunting stories. I bet he played in the golden era of baseball. It was real popular back then. What a lucky guy. Players today would love to, to be playing in, in those days. I, mean, I think you could juice it up and everything. Well, I don't think they did much. Well, I'm sure there probably was some juicing back then. Oh, I bet there was. Jim's got some damn good stories if he'll tell them on air that he's told me over the years. About juicing? About all kinds of stuff. Oh, probably won't. There, there's, a, there's a code in that locker room. Jim Jim's a, a Jim Jim is a really good 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 story, but we do have a lot of local people that we can bring in. We still have some extra locals around here that yeah. are in the outdoor business that ha- that are connected and do things. You know, and we're not talking about all just Larry Bob that likes to hunt. We're talking about guys that are at the pinnacle of of what they do in the outdoor industry. Like Clay Reed, he's at the, he's at the apex of varmint hunting. Eric Lewis. You know, he's at the apex of helicopter hog hunting. Wyman Menzer, the best, you know, he's the freaking state photographer for the state of Texas. So we're not talking about guys that are just kind of average at what they do. We're talking about, we're bringing guys on, local guys, that are at the absolute tip top of what they do. Guggenheim, he's a little bit of a schlub. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But he's, uh, he's another one. He's very respected in the waterfowl industry. Hell, he knows everybody. Oh yeah. Anyways, he, he he will be a really he'll be a neat guest. We we've been dealing with Eric for twenty five years also, and we hunt in the same areas now, and and it just we have a lot of stories and a lot of old memories to cherish. Let's, let's talk about what's going on in the world for a minute. All this Roseanne Bar stuff, and I'm, I'm going to give you my take on it, and you give me your take, and we may differ, and we may be the same. I think Roseanne got what she deserved. I think she made a, a racist comment, and there was no doubt it was racist. I mean, I don't think you could strew it any other way. What she she says she was on alcohol and Xanax or something. Ambien. Ambien. I've taken Ambien before. I quit taking them about three months ago. I'm going to tell you right now, I've never done a drug in my life. I've never taken crack, meth. Well, that's pretty obvious. I'm a fat guy. But meth, I've never smoked marijuana. I've never done cocaine. I've never done anything. Mm -hmm. But I took Ambien for about six months, 
and god dang if it's harder to get off crack or something than it is ambient that stuff i I couldn't sleep at night for it took me 10 days before i could get to normal sleeping again right it's a hard deal but anyways i i'm not making an excuse for her on that because i don't think that's an excuse it's like drunk texting you know he shouldn't have drank Mm -hmm. i mean she should have been taking the ambient if she's gonna get on her phone and make tweets or whatever I don't think she did it under Ambient. I think she said it and never figured it would figured it'd be just another controversy that'd go away. Which is probably what she was hoping for. And, and that's what probably should have happened. I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's enough for them to drop her show, but she works for ABC. It's just like the NFL players. If you don't do what your bosses tell you, then the freedom of speech is not free. I no. think she did. I think she got what she deserved. Mm-hmm. But... I keep well, seeing. Well, you just said you don't know if uh, if you think that it she should have had her show canceled. No, no, I don't know if I would have canceled it. But oh. ABC has the right. Let me let me rephrase it. ABC has the right to cancel her show. She works for them. Yep. And if they think that she's going to hurt their bottom line, they got rid of her. Uh-huh. And they're getting rid of the number one show in America right now. Roseanne has the number one. It show was the in number America. one show. I, I just read that the other day. That was the number one show. Maybe it's the number one show on ABC. Hmm. But it was their number one comedy. But. If you want to get rid of her for that reason, now th- th- this is my only issue I have with this thing, is the double standard that we deal with. They have a show called Blackish on there. That's fucking racist. But what are they talking? I mean, what's the I, content? Of I it? watched 15 minutes of it one time, and it was after Donald Trump got elected, and all I heard about the show was about how depressed people were because Trump won. They just didn't know what they were going to do and how they uns- felt unsafe in America. Biggest bunch of propaganda bullshit there is. Right. And so I, I think they're using a racist deal as a crutch. I don't think that they I, – I really don't think what she said was any different than a lot of other stuff they have on her TV. That's what I'm saying. But they have a right to fire her. That, I, I believe in that. That's their right. Is the, They own that station. If they think it's hurting them, they got rid of Tim Allen's show, and that was stupid because that, that was their number one show. It's coming back, I heard. Yeah, on, a, on Fox. Mm-hmm. Now, Roseanne may come back on Fox. I don't think nobody will touch her, but they may. But well, what was the comment even? She Something said that a monkey and Valerie Jarrett looked like the basically that if a Muslim, the Muslim Brotherhood, bred with something from the planet of the apes, it would have Valerie Jarrett. Oh. Is what she said. Uh. I bet I just it's a double standard. I mean, Bill Morris may have had all kinds of comments about somebody, but HBO don't make their money. That's a private company. I mean, it's not a public television. You don't just turn. You can't turn it on without being on cable. Right. And I don't care what they say. I don't. I, people are too damn sensitive, anyways. But I, ABC did have the right to get rid of her. If people want to step up, boycott. Real simple. Yeah. If you don't like ABC, call your local ABC affiliate. Find out who their local advertisers are, and call your people that you do business with every day and say, "Listen, I'm not going to do business with you no more if you're doing business with ABC." And if enough people do that and those advertisers pull out ABC and go to CBS or NBC, which is the same shit also, same thing's going to happen everywhere. It's just the same crap over and over and over again. I've already I boycotted ABC maybe 10 years ago. They don't have football no more. They don't have anything. And now that satellite is so popular, you got 200 channels or whatever else you want to watch. I, I bet I hadn't watched ABC in... But it's been a while. I don't watch the NBA. That's where the NBA Finals is, isn't it? I have no idea. I think it's on ABC. But but you use a DVR, right? Yep. Same as us. And we have shows that I watch on DVR. My DVR, if you saw my DVR list and you said, I'll give you a million dollars to guess what that guy does for a living, you would never guess he's in the hunting and outdoors. 
My DVR has got worst cooks in America, chopped, one of them shows about Nazis and Hitler, something what's the Hitler? Finding Hitler. Finding Hitler. It's got it's something on the History Channel, Bizarre Food, something like that. Those are the channels I watch on regular TV. The only, only primetime show that we have that's recorded is Roseanne. Yeah. That's it. The only one we have. We don't have anything else. We don't watch anything on regular TV anymore. I recorded Roseanne. That, that, and that was it. But, I mean, my, my DVR is, is, is stuff from weird, weird shows. Like, I was a big fan. Of, you're going to laugh at this. I was a big fan of Honey Boo Boo. Because Garbage. It was. But when I would watch it, it would make me feel better about my own life. Yeah. If you look over at Mama June and then I go in there and look at Michelle, mm. boy, I hit the fucking lottery is what I'm telling mm. you. But, but stuff like that, but those weird shows about weird people or anything different, I like shit like that. Yeah. No hunting shows? No, hell, I don't watch any hunting shows. I don't either. It is a dying, dying market. Maybe that's what we can talk about with Eric, because he's in that industry. Next time he's on, Eric Lewis, not Eric Guggenheim. But I think I think the hunting shows are uh, a thing of the past. I really do. I, I watched come in the office the other day, and Dad had it. Dad had the Outdoor Channel on, and was it was a. Sandhill Crane Hunt or something. I watched a little bit of it. And I didn't mind it at all. I just, I don't even think about turning. When I flip channels, I don't even go by it. It's way up high. Yeah, and I don't like watch 392 it. or something yeah. like that. Some weird yeah. number. Impractical Jokers high. is another show that I have that deal. Right. And you know what's better than four guys screwing with people? That's yeah. great TV. But I, I don't watch hunting shows. I think they're, they're pretty boring to me. Even waterfowl, even waterfowl shows like. I'm not a deer hunter. I haven't shot a deer in 10 years, so that definitely does not interest me. So if a deer hunting show's on, I'm out. Uh, I did watch Eric Eric's Eric Lewis's uh, Red Stag Hunt. That was that was interesting just because I knew the guy. But uh, even waterfowl shows like Zinc has a show. It's boring. I mean, it just it's just it does not interest me, not one bit. Um, I, I would like to see the deer hunting shows. If they, I, I don't watch any, but when I do watch them, they always shoot a big deer, and I'm always like, I wonder what that deer scored. And mm-hmm. they don't ever tell you. I always wish they'd come back and say that deer scored 162 inches. But I, uh, we got a couple things up our sleeve for this year, but I think that the the TV as we know it is changing, and hunting shows are going to be a thing of the past very very soon. There's a prediction for you. What, what do you predict is going to happen? I just It's all going to move to your cell phone. It's all going to be... Well, I can't, I can't, I can't discuss it because then it's, it's tipping my hand. Okay. I'll go ahead and share it because, hell, nobody gives a shit. Nobody listens to this anyway. Um, I, think, I think clips are going to be four or five minutes max is what you're going to start seeing. And you're going to start seeing everything on your phone. Because, you know, five minutes, you can watch it while you're taking a shit, and you got your fix. And I think that's what it's going to be. Which is what I want to start moving towards with us, is four or five minute clips, hunting clips, and, you know, people can watch it while they're doing the do, and move on about their day. And that could be. I can tell you that this podcast is as podcast. This was Andy's idea. 
It was my baby. Andy Andy told me at in January, I think we were at, the, at Goose Camp, Oklahoma, and he said, we need to start a podcast this year. First I said you needed to start a podcast. Well, I didn't even know what a podcast was. Oh. So now that we're getting more and more popular and we're growing hundreds of percents per week, you want out now and just want me to do it by myself? Because it wouldn't be that much fun. You couldn't do it by yourself. You're right. But once we started doing it, I didn't know anything about a podcast. I listened to some other podcasts. And if you look at my Facebook, which is Jeff L. Stanfield, I talk about that today, about people need to, not people need to, but if you're really interested in things, get pull up a podcast. You can talk about anything. Yeah. I listen to, I'm a fantasy football guy, so I listen to fantasy football. If there's something I want to, and I, there's a lot of politics that I, that I like to listen to, but I like, I like to listen to certain people. I don't like to listen to, I don't like watching Fox News and have to listen to a bunch of shit I don't want to hear. Right. But I can get on a podcast and pull up an interview with someone I like to listen to. That's why I like the Joe Rogan podcast, because he, he kind of has a lot of interesting guests on there that I like. You know, if you're, if you're an NRA guy, he's got one, Coleon Noir. They go over the whole NRA deal. Uh, MMA fighters, health experts. Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler, yeah. Well, he's a different cat. <clears throat> Drugs have fried him. You, you know, it's funny that you said that because if you look at him, he's 72 years old. And look yep. at Dad sitting over there. He's 74. Now, Steven Tyler looks a little bit different than Dad does. You should have done, done more meth in your day, Ron. Yeah, Dad. Should have done a lot of drugs, Dad. Hookers and blow, Dad. That would have got you by. That would have got you. Yeah, he does. He looks amazing. Sammy Hagar. I saw a picture of him and Bill Clinton next to each other. Mm -hmm. Sammy Hagar looks like he's 40 years old and can still get on stage, and he can. Bill Clinton looks like he's ready for a walker. Mm. Looks horrible. You know, Howard Stern is still bashing podcasts. Well, it's because it's taking away from his business. (coughs) I think so, too, because you don't don't have to wade through any bullshit. I mean, you kind of got to wade through some bullshit with us, but... There's so much variety out there, and you can pick and choose what you want to listen to. Just like us, we've this will be our 24th episode or something. If this isn't your cup of tea, and you're not liking the the back and forth, you can go find one that we talk about decoys if that's what you want to hear about, and you can play it, stop it, pause it, get back in your car, listen to it again. It's just it's so easily accessible, and you can go right to what you're wanting to listen to right then. Well, we've been on the radio now. I call this the radio because basically it's what it is. So our 24th episode, and I'm going to bash Howard Stern, who's probably the number one dish jockey of all times. Would you say that's correct? Yep. And what's he make, $30 million a year or something? <laughs> More than that? Yeah. How much is it? Like $100 million a year. $100 million a year. Yep. To talk about dildos and whores. Sex sales, baby. It does. And I'm not a Howard Stern fan. I like Howard Stern's interviews. He's a good interviewer. The best in the business. He is very, very good at that. But all that other bullshit they got with the wacky pack, or is that what they call the wacky pack? Whack pack. Whack pack. Them guys are a bunch of idiots. Well, yeah, they're the fucking whack pack. It's, but I mean, just but, but people listen to that shit, and them other people are on there, and Gary the retard or whatever they call him. Gary the conqueror. But they used to call him retard, right? You can't, say, you can't say retard anymore. Why? It's just not politically correct. That's the problem. And that's what we're dealing with with Roseanne right now, and that's the same thing that's going to cost a lot of these other shows. Like The View, those ladies from The View's days are numbered. I don't think so. I do. I, I think, think there would be an outcry. From who? From these housewives that watch that shit. I don't think there's that many of them really get I mean, you're right. It'd be the old, old blue-haired white ladies. There's millions of people that watch them. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep them on. They do. Well, but they took Roseanne off, and she had millions. They took off Last Man Standing. 
I think that to, to to make it seem fair, those ladies' days are numbered. We'll just see what happens. I don't think but so. But I'll bet by September 1st the view's off there. September 1st. Or they're going to take some other people off. The view, Like a Whoopi Goldberg, she's done a lot of shit. No. That Joey Behar, I wouldn't piss on her if she's on fire. If you looked in the dictionary and you saw worthless twat, and they had a picture of it, Joey, Joey Behar's picture would be right Ooh, there. the T word. I was going to say something else that started with a C, but I thought I'd be nicer and use the T word. I will... I, you, we can go double or nothing on the stake that I yeah, that I haven't gotten yet that I was supposed to get. We can go double or nothing. I'm going to say that the view has not changed anything by September one. Bet. Double or nothing. Bet. Okay. They just got rid of Joy Bayar. Just saw it on. No, they tw- didn't. Come across Twitter just now. You're full of shit. <laughs> I am, but one of them will be gone by September first. That's three months away. You think about it. They've got Whoopi Goldberg. Mm-hmm. They've got. They'll probably get rid of Megan Kane. Ro, Ro, they can. She's a freaking twat too. Wow. And Rosie O'Donnell. She's not on the View. She's not on there no more. I thought she was on there for a while. I don't ever watched it. I never watched the damn thing ever. I don't know. That's another worthless twat. Jeez. Oh, you like Rosie O'Donnell? You're just full of vitriol today. No, I just. I mean, that show's just a bunch of old losers. <clears throat> Much people do nothing more than bitch about why when they when they rip on Christians, I have a problem with that. You should. That's right. And as a Christian, we should stand up and say something. And I am, but most people don't because Christians we always turn the other cheek, mm-hmm. and that's not always a good thing. I don't think. We're very tolerant. We're way too tolerant, and that's why we've gotten ourselves in this situation we're in. Anyways, we get off. Politics. Get off of that. So Pe- so anyways, what were we talking about before I got onto this? Um, Roseanne, I think. I don't even remember. When I was before that, we were talking about something. Well, we're talking about Howard Stern. Uh-huh. Howard Stern has made all this money because he's a shock jock and stuff. Uh-huh. And the podcasts are taken from it because people, like you said, are going to turn on the radio. But I just he just doesn't interest me that much. Other than his interviews, because I have spent many miles with you guys, and y'all listen to him, so I have to listen to him. And outside of his interviews, he's not very funny. I like his interviews. That's He's a very good interviewer. I give him that. Boy, what a successful man, though. Yeah. Without a doubt, went, went from making. I think I've read his books. I think he was making like eighteen thousand dollars a year, to this, what he is now. Now, he, now he's friends with that sellout Jimmy Kimmel, isn't he? I think so. Yep. Yeah, that's another one that needs to go. The Man Show. Double the Man standards. Show, Jimmy Kimmel. That's right. Double standards, right there. He should be fired too, or get rid of. But they're not doing it. Okay, let's talk a little bit about hunting, just a little bit, because this is a hunting podcast. Canada opens up September 1st. I think there's actually North Dakota has some, some yeah, like August, August 15th or something. something. Something ridiculous. To shoot just locals. I have been in North Dakota at the end of August, and it is still ball sweat hot. I mean, unbearably hot. But but for the guy out there that just has the itch to hunt, that, that that's a do-it-yourselfer, and, and I think you can hunt in, in North Dakota. You don't have to be a non-resident. You can be a non-resident and come up there and shoot the local geese. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's a resident-only deal. You need, if, a tip, if you're looking for a place to go hunt and you want an early season deal, I think you can go to North Dakota in August and shoot some geese. Mm. I don't know why you'd want to. I think it's like August 15th, too. Even fucking September 1 is still. Whew. I've hunted in Canada before when it was warm in Sept- October, September. <laughs> yeah. 90 days away. We're 90 days away. 
and we can do this people you need to yeah this is the dog days of getting into the hunting season now when hunting season gets here we will have hunting stuff every freaking podcast will be about hunting updates migration reports uh talking to outfitters from other parts of the country and getting some reports from them we will fill you in and and keep everybody done this dog days of summer the next three months we're going to talk about we're going to have guest speakers on all the time we're going to talk about things other than hunting sometimes but it's going to be a hunting show but we will have some days that we don't really discuss lots of hunting because there ain't a lot of hunting going on right now there's none but we're just getting ready i've got it broken down into my mind if i can make it to football training camp july 17th I looked it up. I will, I will consider summer to be over. That's seven weeks away. You know, we got. I think. I think football mini camps start next week, maybe or the week after. We're basically through summer already. We're okay. All right. Just kind of break it up in your mind, a little bit at a time. Ninety days away. Start P ninety X. It's what me and my brother are doing. We're doing P ninety X. When that's done with, hunting season will be here. Boy, that sounds exciting. <laughs> you get in shape. You can carry those decoys through the muck and the mud. Whatever you need to do. You get stuck, you can walk back to town because you're in shape. Get physically active this summer. Well, I know it sucks. I've been there. It's even too hot to go fishing now. Folks, when I say it's hot, it's supposed to be 110 degrees today at Knox City, Texas. I saw Saturday, 92. And that's like a great day. Woo-wee! That's going to be a 15-degree temperature change. And that's a big 15. Well, this morning... I, More than that, it's going to go... You do the math. It's going to go from 106 on Friday to 92 on Sunday. 14 degrees. Oh. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. 6 is 14 where I went to school yeah. at. And it's going to be in the 60s Sunday night. Oh, what a treat. But, but this morning, I was at the lodge at 6 a.m. And went to the house and mowed and weed-eated. And it was this, It was nice. It was real nice this morning. But, boy, by 8.15, it gets hot. And then the wind blows. Oh, it's just terrible. Yeah, we but we're going to pay for that Sunday, 92, Tuesday, 106, 106, 107, 105, 103. We need some rain. And it's looking like that the uh, Canada, I read a report the other day there, that's supposed to have really good nesting conditions this year. Good. Good. And heard a, got some news that they're going to start letting them plant hemp in, in the United States now. And I'm curious to see how that's going to affect hunting. Because when we hunted in Canada, we hid in the hemp fields, but we never hunted. I wonder if you could. I don't think they eat hemp. I don't know what. It, I don't even know. So they're going to they're gonna legalize hemp, huh? Uh-huh. Nice. Well, the only reason that it was outlawed was Rope. that, yeah, it was Dow Chemical or one of them lobbied to get it where they couldn't farm it no more because they were making the polyester rope. Yep. Which is pretty, you know, it's typical big business type thing. And I saw where Texas is going is lobbying to get two pintails. That'd be good. D- dove season to open the same September first. Why would go, it not open September first? It's 1st? going to. No, no, no. It said it's the same, but it's, oh, okay. but they're going to have. They're adding. Uh, I think you're going to open December 19 or 20 or 14, 17 somewhere for the winter dove season, and go through the middle of January, like January oh, 14th nice. almost. So you get a month. And boy, I'm gonna tell you folks right now, we sell a goose dove combo, and it is a great time. Dove are thick; they're thicker in January, I think, in December than they are in September. I think so too. It's just tough though because people's mind changes. You know, um, people are kind of more consumed with the. Uh, with the waterfowl hunting during that time of year. But if you want to pull the trigger on some dove, 
come in December, and if we get to hunt in January, they're really going to be thick. Because well, Jeff's right, we, it's crazy the number of dove we have in December. The and the mindset deal is right because there's a lot of guys that hunt opening day of dove season, mm-hmm. and they don't never dove hunt again all year long. Right, it's just a mindset deal. They're we, just ready to get out. We do corporate trips all the way through October up here, right? And, I, and I've got guys that love coming in October. They used to come in September, and it's cooler. It's nicer, you know, mm-hmm. but October 15th, our high temperature is usually about average of about 75 degrees. Yeah. Now, yeah, I like October dove hunting way more than I like September. Right. I won't even touch a gun unless something, unless a hurricane's blowing through, you know, just something where the weather's cooled off. But September 1, forget about it because it's going to be 106. Guaranteed. It's always triple digits. September it's hard 1. on the dogs. Yeah, and I, that's where I'm at. If If I can't bring my dog... I just I don't want to take part in it. I'd much rather we grill we grill out uh, on Saturday nights here at the big honker for during dove season, and I just we'd rather sit around the the fire and have a Coors latte and a gun in your hand and then get out there in the in the middle of a field and might not pull the trigger two or three times might shoot a full limit here around the grill. But I'm just not that mad at them that early in the year. That's practice hunting right there that dove season. Yep, exactly. But it's only 90 days away. We can do this. You need to get ready to stock up on decoys. And if if you're going to stock up on some decoys, you need to get the best silhouette on the market. And that'd be Dive Bomb. Tell us about Dive Bomb, Andy. You use them all year. Uh, You know, and and I'm glad he brought this up because there's just been little promos at the beginning and and end of Dive Bomb. But um, this is a product that we really, truly believe in. We use them seven days a week. Uh, I cut a promo one time, and it said that we put them through the worst conditions, and that is true. We we drag them through the rain. We drag them through the mud, frost. <clears throat> you know, we throw everything at them, and they still hold their colors. They're durable. The stake system is what sold me. And it, Ron, uh, he was on here. He's talked about it before. He wasn't a fan of the stake system whenever he first saw them, and I was a little skeptical, not ever hunting with them. And then that first day. I mean, they go in like butter, and it holds. When I first saw the stake system, I thought, oh, shit. Uh, Because we hunt sandy soil in Texas. And I thought, oh, you know, a wind, and they're just going to blow right over. But they don't. They they hold up really nice. And then if you do hunt a hard field, they still go in. So the stake system is what sold me. They're affordable. That's the best thing. And right now, for listeners of this podcast, you can go to Dive Bomb. Use the promo code Big Honker and you'll save ten percent on your purchase. So you're saving any more mo- you're saving even more money off of an already affordable uh, product that I believe is light years ahead light years ahead of any other silhouette on the market right now. And, and I truly believe that. Otherwise, we would not have part. Uh, otherwise, you know, uh, we wouldn't be uh, spouting their praises like we are. But I truly, truly believe that they are the absolute best silhouette in the game today. And, you know, they've got the sandhill crane they've got now. And for the guy who hunt, has some cranes in the area where he's goose hunting, you can take a dozen of them, throw them out. It's not bulky. It's not like hunting over the stuffers or the big silhouettes that are heavy. I mean, the big shells, full bodies. It's a lot, dur- a lot easy decoy to take with you. Yep. And I just – anytime you can add something to your spread, it's not going to be a lot of extra work, but get some benefit out of it, I think it's a good thing too. So That's what – so you know, and we moved we moved almost all to uh, full bodies a couple years ago, and then we started having to walk into the fields. We had a really wet winter, and we had to walk into the fields almost everywhere we went. 
And that's a pain in the ass. I mean, let's just talk. Let's just say what it is. It's a pain in the ass because you're, if you're lucky, uh, you can put a dozen decoys on you, a dozen full bodies. My personal best is 19, and uh, that's not very many decoys, at all at once. No, when we have four wheelers and stuff, we just could not. It was so wet. It was we so wet we couldn't nothing. use them. Dive bomb. You put you put five dozen in a bag. And you put two bags, one on each shoulder. What's the math right there, Jeff? Ten dozen. Five times two is ten. 120 decoys? Oh, yes. Off you go. It does not take many people to carry two bags, and you've got, uh, you know, you've got the spread that you need. I can't say, I can't say enough about dive bomb. Everything, everything about them is just a little bit better than the one beneath them. Very, I was I, a great product. Very, uh, just works tremendous. It's, it's been a big asset to us. Yep. All right, we're getting to the off season. It's it's time to talk a little bit of off season stuff. And we've talked about you know you need a good time now to get your decoys cleaned up, repainted, whatever you or bought do. or bought. But do a little bit of maintenance there. Your guns, binoculars, get them checked out and stuff. Your dog, do a little bit of work with your dog. That dog, Andy's a, is living proof of this. Lou goes from about seventy-five to eighty-five pounds of solid muscle. Some bitch ain't he's not. To looks like a hundred and twenty-pound donut-eating dog by the time August gets here. But I th- even when he's chiseled, he's not seventy-five pounds. He's still eighty-five. Pushing. Maybe I don't know. Well, he goes from a lean, good-looking dog. He's still good-looking. You can see his ribs, huh? You can see his ribs. I saw him this morning. He was when you were still asleep. When I went over to your house, and got a fertilizer spreader at eight thirty this morning. You were still late. I up wasn't in bed. still asleep at eight thirty. Listen, I talked to Jesse. She had to go unlock the barn for me. But Lou, come outside, looking for a Twinkie. You can see his ribs. No, you can see he's been eating a lot of ribs or something, but it ain't, you can't see his ribs. Anyways, get your dog out and give him a little bit of exercise. I see these guys pull these dogs up here on September first, and them some bitches ain't been out of the living room all year long, and they about die of a heat stroke. I'll start. I'm going to start doing more with them later. And it's too is, hot. This is it is too hot. This is also a great time. Check out your uh, F uh, F. Uh, Jesus Christ, I lost my damn mind. 4H. Check out your 4H shooting clubs, and go do that with these kids. Get these kids out and let them shoot some. Shoot some trap. They got programs. There there are there are certain 4H clubs that provide guns for kids to shoot. They provide shells for them to shoot. They do it all. It don't cost you nothing. Just get the kids involved. But look out. If you look, look for a 4-H and go talk to someone there and find out about their junior 4-H and about their um, shooting club. And get your kids involved with 4-H. That's a good organization for kids. Mm-hmm. But we need. this is a good time. to, And you need to go shoot. It's a good time to get out and shoot, join a shooting league, do something in the summer that's outdoor related. I agree. Anyways, I really don't have much else to say. We're kind of a – We've been a busy week on the podcast, and we got another a busy week lined up for us for next week. We are going to do a call-in show. We were going to do that today, and we just don't have enough. We're, we're still working on our phone situation to make sure that we can get a clear, clear, clear sound out of it, and we don't want to do something unless we can put quality out. Yep. So thank you for listening. God bless you. That's the Big Honker Lodge or Big Honker Podcast. At Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, www.stanfieldhunting.com. 90 days away, people. We can do this. Follow me on Instagram, at Andy underscore Shaver. The dog days 
of offseason have started now. Countdown, 89 to go starting tomorrow. But just get to get to football training camp. It'll be okay. July 17th, Jeff already said it. We can do it. <laughs>